0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting uh, the Fire Podcast. I'm on again with Bill.
1: Hello and we also have Nim here. The
0: barking dog.
1: Who is going to weigh in. The
0: dire wolf. So we're back to Game of Thrones again and... Uh, we finished up with that Daenerys chapter and... Uh, we to another edited one. And as I said... Uh, in the last Game of Thrones episode... In the illustrated edition, it starts with a picture of Jamie Lannister, just like, arrogant pose, um, sitting on the Iron Throne. And, personally, I think this is a ugly interpretation of what the throne's supposed to look like. Not that it is meant to be pretty anywhere, but...
1: What, what do you disagree with it on? Because it doesn't look that different. It looks... More comfortable than the show one. Well, it's not meant to be comfortable, but... No, but it looks more like an actual throne than the show one to
0: me. It doesn't have enough swords, and it looks like they tried to shape it like it's Sauron's crown or something at the top. Yeah,
1: fair enough. It's probably what they were actually modeling it after or something, possibly. I don't know. Maybe not.
0: From my understanding, <laughs> the throne is meant to look like a giant misshapen pile of swords that's like vaguely throne-shaped at the top, so... Like the, th- like the show. A lot crazier right. than the show. Okay, a lot crazier than the show,
1: but sim- more similar. Than that that is a very watered-down version of what the show <laughs> looks like, as Sarah said.
0: And as I said, Jamie's just kind of sitting on it all arrogant pose-like, and I guess that's supposed to be right after he killed King Ares. Yeah. So, we start off this chapter about Eddards. Um, They've already started off from Winterfell. They're on the road. And... He gets a summons before dawn when it's still, like, you know, grey in the sky and pretty quiet. And the summons is Alan shaking him roughly while he's asleep. And he gets up and finds his horse has already been saddled and the king is already there on his horse. And, um... Eddard thinks the king looks like a bear riding the horse in his fur cloak and Yep. He uh Up Stark he roared, up up, we have matters of state to discuss. And um
1: <clears throat> And this introduces was Sir Marin already in it? I don't remember. Or Marin however you
0: say that. I don't think so.
1: And also introduces. I'm not
0: sure. Well, anyway, um, Ned says, "By all means," and Alan invites them to come into the tent. And Robert says, "No, I don't want to discuss this in the tent because the camp is full of ears. Let's, you know, go out riding and you know experience the country of um, the north." It like, says the country of yours, so the the area that Ned is lord over, and yeah, so Boros and Sir Marin are waiting there. So Ned gets up and gets to his horse, and Robert is already on his horse, as I already said, and um, the horse is described as a huge black destrier. Now I'm going to go on a bit of a horse tangent. A destrier, if you're not familiar with the term, it's a large war horse that can carry a knight in heavy armor into battle. Yeah. And it's commonly considered to be related to the forerunners of... um. Some of the heavy workhorses that are around today, probably a bit faster and lighter than the modern versions, but you're talking an expensive horse that a king or a knight would get. Like regular people couldn't afford one. Yeah,
1: it's considered really, really, really. It'd be like the equivalent of like what, like a? Really, it's a hot really car, expensive... right? Yeah, like a really expensive. <laughs> Ex- not just a hot car, an expensive car. Like a, a rich person's car. Like a really decked out, tricked out Rolls Royce or something. But anyway.
0: But not so much a fast horse as to ride into battle in full armor and to yeah. crush your enemies. Well, and-
1: that's why, yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I chose Rolls Royce to be like, you know, royal, regal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so they're galloping on their horses and... Robert's all about how this is the way a man is meant to ride, and he doesn't like being in the wheelhouse, the, you know, horse drawn conveyance that the Queen has, and he hit every bump, and if the wretched thing breaks another axle, he's going to burn it, and Cersei can walk, and Ned uh, laughs at that.
1: Oh, yeah, and some interesting, uh, conversation happens here.
0: I'm picturing Cersei, like, Oregon trailing it in that thing.
1: Trying to, at least.
0: She may as well be doing that. I mean, that's quite a distance, as I've uh, talked about before.
1: Interesting uh, conversation comes up here.
0: Yeah. And, (sighs) yeah, Robert says that he has half a mind to just leave it all behind and keep going, and Ned's like, I believe you mean it. And the king's like, yes, I do. We can be vagabond knights in the king's world with our swords. And the gods know what's in front of us. And maybe a farmer's daughter or a tavern wench to warm their beds. And Ned says, a word that we could. We've got duties now. The realm, our children, we both are married to wives. And we're not boys anymore. And Robert is like, you never were a boy. You were, I guess, I guess he means too serious. And then says there was one time that there was a common girl of his. And maybe her name was Becca, but no, that was one of his, you know, women that he was with. And talks about her hair and her eyes. And then makes another guess of names, Alina Merrill, who was the mother of his bastard. And, um, Ned says that her name was Wyla, or well, maybe it's Willa, I'm not sure the pronunciation. In the show they pronounced it Wyla, and he would soon, and he meant said this coolly, and he said that he would sooner not speak of her, and the king is all grinning, A oh, Wyla, yes, and she must have been a rare wench to make him forget his honour, even for a short time, and she, he never told him what she looked like. Yeah, and and then... it's starting to get kind of angry and tensing up, and says he's never going to say what she looks like. Leave it be, um, and. And he's he... talking about how he dishonored himself. Of course,
1: what we well, we won't go into what we know yet. I guess because you know, uh, spoilers. yeah, I mean, things are not what they. I seem. do have a
0: spoiler. Warning on my podcast, but I don't want to like throw all the spoilers out in front.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just say that things are not what they seem and that there's a reason why Ned is a lot more guarded. And it's not because of his honor. It's for other reasons. But we won't get into that. There
0: might be instead. other ways it could be an honor yeah.
1: compromise, but not in the way not, you think. Not, yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, they're not going to... And the to... king
0: is like, you barely knew Catelyn. So, you know, to worry about you know, cheating on her. And then Ned says, you know, he, but she was still his wife and she was carrying his child, which is true, because she got pregnant, like, right after the wedding and then he went off to war. Mm. And Ned says, he, he says to Ned that you, you're you too hard on yourself and you always were, and no woman, you know, wants to be with Bela the Blessed, who was a uh, former king who was known for...
1: Fidelity, I guess.
0: But also really prudish to the point where he would not uh, consummate with his own wife. Who, being a Targaryen, was his sister, so I'm not... That kind of adds another thing to it, but... Basically, he's saying nobody wants to be married to a monk. Almost, yeah. And he tells Ned that he's so prickly he ought to take the hedgehog as a sigil. Um, Funnily enough, there is a hedgehog sigil in this series, House Woad, but that's not relevant here, so. And they're looking at the rising sun and all the, you know, flat land, and Ned points out that the low hummocks and says these are the barrels of the first men. And Robert uh, asks if they've ridden onto a graveyard, and Ned says there are barrows everywhere in the north. The land is old and, and cold. Robert grumbled. Um, now that's, I'm sure a reference to, um. The Barrow Kings who uh, lived. In this area, I believe it's House Dustin in the area now. That kind of recalls Lord of the Rings, the Barrow Downs. The very, very haunted Barrow Downs. Yeah. Do you think this is maybe a little bit of foreshadowing? Maybe, just a little bit. Barrows, and then this land is old and cold. Yeah. You don't think that might be a little bit of...
1: Yeah, maybe. It sounds
0: <laughs> like it. And, you know, the king says he doesn't want to talk about Graves or, um, Ned Stark's, you know, bastard. And there was a writer in the night from Lord Varys in King's Landing, and he pulls out a paper and gives it to Ned. And this introduces the character of Varys, who is not there. He's still in King's Landing. Um... Varys was a eunuch, and he was the king's master of whisperers, which means he he learns things, he gets secrets, he tells the king. Yep. And uh, Ned opens the paper, and he's thinking about Lysa and the accusation about the Lannisters that he'd read. But the message was not about her. And he asked what the source of the information was. And um, Robert asks if he remembers Sir so Joram Mormont. And Ned says that would that I might forget him. And the Mormonts of Bear Island were an old house, and they were proud and honorable, and their lands were cold and distant and poor.
1: We also get introduced to Yeah, I, in this chapter. And he plays he's a eunuch and he plays an important role throughout the story, so remember him.
0: So then about how Jora had tried to get more money for the family coffers by selling poachers to a Taiwashi slaver. Remember uh how we were talking about Jora back in the Daenerys chapter and how He was exiled because he was fleeing execution for being a slaver. Yep. Yep. And the Mormons were him to the Starks, and this crime was a dishonor on the North, so um, Ned went to Bear Island, uh, presumably to execute him, and found that he'd already taken a ship out of there, and that was five years ago. And Robert tells that Jorah is now in Pentos, and he wants to earn a royal pardon, and so Lord Varys is making use of him. So Ned is distasteful toward this, so he's become a spy now, and he'd rather that Sir Jorah became a corpse instead. Uh, Varys says that spies are more useful in corpses... And says, you know, besides where it had come from, from Joel, what does he think of the report? And this report had been about Daenerys' wedding, Drogo. And Ned's like, whatever, should we send a wedding gift? And the king um, says, a knife, perhaps a good sharp one, and a bold man to wield it. Ned's not surprised, he knows, yeah, you know, how extreme Robert's hatred of any of the Targaryens is and Yep. Um even when the two Targaryen babies that were Yeah, sons of Rhaegar had been killed Robert's reaction was, I see no babes, only dragonspawn So, yeah, yeah, that's how far he takes it, because these
1: were babies. Yeah, and it gets really, really, really... It gets darker from there. Like, Ned argues on about how that's not ethical. You know, you don't kill children. And then Robert goes on about the atrocities that the Targaryens had done. As if that justifies it, maybe. And that... So and he, he, he Daenerys is going to wed Cal and
0: that Drogo now that she's wed Khal Drogo she's going to start um, having kids with him and making more dragons spawn although it's said more uh, crudely than that because it's from Robert it should and, also be
1: noted that it's debatable as to how well we'll get into that later it's debatable as to how possible that is but Ned of course thinks that she'll just fade away And that'll be that, and and he brings up how the Dothraki are afraid of water, or, well, not water, water, they're afraid of water that horses won't drink. So basically, the ocean, various salt water, and certain types of water like that.
0: Yeah, they view it as the poison water, and as a general rule, they don't sail. Now, later, you will find exceptions to that.
1: And 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 uh, Robert already is in doubt of it because he knows that it's like, he knows that people consider him a usurper from the rightful Targaryen throne, and he thinks, oh, well, if they have an army, and you know they have, uh, I don't uh, heirs. think it's exactly
0: a big spoiler to say that there is a uh, Dothraki mercenary that comes to Westeros yeah. as a minor character, but, yeah, but as a rule does, like that. an army of Targaryens would not. An army of an uh, army of sorry the Dothraki the Dothraki well that, well
1: but that sort of illustrates <laughs> the point he's afraid they would become an army of Targaryen it... and that they would <laughs> just that if they uh, with the rightful heirs of um who was Rhaegon was it um is that who it was it was um
0: Rhaegar, Rhaegar the Rhaegar
1: yeah it, it, the the rightful heirs would uh, if they were to let's say actually. With a huge army show up, who knows how many people would actually join them and also be part of an army so it's and you know that's a valid concern that's that's one of those things where anybody who has fought to gain that much power yeah, yeah it's fully understandable why I think that. It's very much in the in the uh, vein of ruler's past, being paranoid.
0: And you know, Ned says "If he, wa- he won't cross, and if by some you know, chance he does, we'll throw him back into the sea. And then starts off, or once you choose a new warden of the East, and the king is like, no, I'm not going to name the errand boy warden. Even if the boy is... Um, Ned's nephew is not gonna put a quarter of the realm on the shoulders of a sickly child, which, I'm gonna say that's reasonable. I mean, you meet this kid later. Uh. I wouldn't say him or his mom are up to... really ruling anything. Yep. And N- <laughs> Ned says we still need a warden of the east, and um, if they don't want Robert Aaron, what about one of Robert's brothers, Stannis, who has proved himself at the siege of Storm's End, yeah. and the king looks uncomfortable, and Ned's it's like unless you've already promised the honor to another and Robert's like well, what if I have and Ned asks if it's Jamie Lannister and Robert just like sends his horse faster and starts down the ridge toward the Barrows, and just rides on and finally says yes just yes nothing else and Ned's response to that is Kingslayer So yes, that he is an, he is an able and courageous man, and um, his father Tywin is Warden of the West, Um, and Sir Jamie is going to eventually succeed that, and he shouldn't be holding both the East and the West as one man. And what he didn't say is he didn't want half the armies to be put into Lannister control. Yeah, that's what he's mostly
1: concerned about.
0: And the king says that, you know, at the moment, uh, Lord Tywin is still uh, looming eternal as Casterly Rock, and he doubts that Jaime will be succeeding any time soon. And... Ned asks him, frankly, whether he can trust Jamie Lannister, and the king's response is he's my wife's twin, a sworn brother of the King's Guard, and his life and fortune and honor are all bound to mine. Like, that's not really an answer.
1: No, not really.
0: Nope. And, um, Ned mentions that this was all bound to Aerys Targaryen before him. And still, Robert is, know, uh, why should he distrust him? He did everything that's been asked of him, and his sword helped win the throne that he sits on. And, and... Ned points out that, yeah, that's because he killed the king that he was supposed to be guarding.
1: Yeah, he basically, uh, murdered him in the cold blood.
0: Yeah. And, um, Ned asks if he remembers the trident. And the king is like, of course he remembers. That's where he won his crown. And Ned reminds him that he got a wound from Rhaegar. And when the Targaryen host broke and ran, he gave the pursuit into Ned's hands. And when the remnants of the army went back to King's Landing, Ned followed with his army and found that the city had already been taken instead of the gates closed like they expected and the Lannister flag was over the ramparts, not the crown stag. Yep. And that they had taken the city by treachery.
1: And and that's one of those things where it's different viewpoints again, and it's very interesting to see Robert justify a lot of this. Uh, and, of course, it served him well, and he's also, of course, married to Jamie's sister, but, you know, he had still a very interesting viewpoint.
0: And, yeah, later on you're going to get Jamie's interesting viewpoint of his own. Not, Not yet. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, they're arguing about the honor or lack of honor of that. And finally, Robert says, the others take your honor. Yes, another reference to the others. Yeah. Even though they're not believed in, they're still... Well, they're
1: still used as, like, a curse. Yeah. Like,
0: damn it or something. And what did any Targaryen ever know of honor? Go down into your crypt and ask Liana about the dragon's honor. Yeah. And Ned once again says you aven- you know, you avenged Liana at the trident. And but Ned is thinking, promise me Ned, she had whispered. Yeah. And it still hadn't brought her It still hadn't brought her back um Robert got the crown, but it was Liana that he actually wanted. His sister safe Ned's sister safe. And you know, Robert's again as she was meant to be in yeah. his uh and what good is it to wear a crown? The gods mock the prayers of kings and cowherds alike. And Ned says he cannot answer for the gods, but he found Ares dead on the floor, and Jamie still wearing the white cloak of the King's Guard, and over his golden armor, and he was sitting on the Iron Throne.
1: Yep.
0: And Ned rode a horse right through the hall, stopped in front of the throne, and he's just sitting on the th- Jamie's just sitting on the throne with the sword out, just kind of resting on his legs, still with the king's blood on it. And Ned doesn't say a word, but then Jamie laughs and gets up and says, Have no fear, Stark. I was only keeping it warm for our friend Robert. It's not a very comfortable seat, I'm afraid. Yeah. And the king laughed at that. and His laughter sent some crows flying. No, more which may or may not, yeah. Because it's crows. And asks if he thinks that... Ned thinks that he should distrust Jamie just because he sat on the throne for a few moments. <laughs> and, and that was the thing. He was, was 17, scarce more than a boy.
1: And that goes into that thing where Robert justifies it because he's a a boy, even though that's, you know... Um, Arguably...
0: Seventeen is considered a man in Westeros. Yeah,
1: in most medieval societies, certainly.
0: He's justifying it. Oh, maybe he was tired and killing kings is weary work. And there's nowhere else to sit there. And he did speak truly. It is a monstrous, uncomfortable chair in more ways than yeah. one.
1: Yeah. That's right, man.
0: And he says that he's hardly sick of secrets and squabbles and matters of state, and it's all as tedious as counting coppers. Come, let's ride. You used to know how. I want to feel the wind in my hair again. And he gets his horse galloping again. And <coughs> Um, for a moment, Ned doesn't follow, because he's run out of words, and he thinks about how he doesn't have John Aaron to um, teach the king some wisdom, and he thinks about how he belongs in Winterfell, and he belongs with Catelyn and with Bran, and then he starts his horse... Galloping after the king. And the chapter ends. Yeah. Um, do you have anything more to say about it?
1: i uh, just more that it's interesting that, uh... That they have that difference of opinion. Um... I'll have that's one... That's sort of a foreshadowing, I think. But, which, But it's also... It's odd because it mirrors already events that have happened. Um, with, um uh, Lannister's already sort of showing their true colors beforehand, and the king very clearly doesn't recognize it. Anyway, go ahead, sir.
0: The thing I'll point out is you can see that the king is bored and frustrated with being king. Like, it was one thing fighting to take the throne, but he's not actually enjoying ruling. Yeah, He... He wants to get out and live wild like he did when he was younger and be on the road and fight Instead and of governing no uh, sleep with women who aren't Cersei and yeah. yeah. Except, you know, one of those things he's still doing. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, That's going to be one of the themes of this story, is that fighting to take the throne and actually being a good ruler are not necessarily the same thing. And the next chapter is going to be Tyrion, and we'll get to that later. There's an illustration on the next page, which can't be any... Current time in the story because it shows various dragons fighting an army, big dragons, and they're flaming everywhere, and it looks like it's in the water. So I'm assuming this was something from back during the dance of the dragons that the art's supposed to be. It's not the conquest because there's more than three dragons yeah oh wait no it n- never mind i counted the f- um the dragon's tail as a separate dragon No, it is three i think it's Aegon's conquest there okay except i don't see anyone riding them so it could be either That's interesting, and, um, with that, I think, you know, we're done here, we're gonna be doing more Game of Thrones, more Red Wall, we're actually gonna start Lord of the Rings soon. I'm not sure when we're going to get to it, but we're going to do The Children of Huron, which is a lesser-known book of Tolkien's that's actually more Game of Thrones-ish than the average Tolkien writing is. Uh, ah. Yeah. Anything else to say? No, that's it. Uh Thank you for listening to Cast in the Fire podcast, and have a good night. Good
1: night.